What's up, guys? This is Chris Gowderup, and you're listening to the Tour Junkies podcast. What's going on, golf addicts? Welcome to another awesome interview in the native area with Chris Gotterup, young stud on the PGA Tour, hitting it a mile. We had a great time with Chris. He was pretty candid, pretty honest, fun guy. Uh, we talked about his new caddy, Kip Henley, who could be a problem. We talked about, you know, obviously his golf game, the courses he has circled that he thinks he can really pull a victory out on, some of the stuff he's working on. Uh, some things to know about Chris and putting if you're going to bet on him or play DFS. We talked about how you could in- increase your swing speed as a golfer straight from the horse's mouth who, you know, has reached ball speeds of 200 miles an hour. We talked about the World Golf Ranking System, Live Golf, his takes on some of that. And then we had a lot of fun asking some ridiculous questions, including, you know, uh, fist fight questions. Um, he's a single guy, how he picks up girls on, on the tour and uh, punching people in the face, as well as getting, uh, we did a bunch of stuff that was kind of fun with like this or that. I gave him some options and we had a little bit of a weird time, but it was fun. Chris was a good sport um, and we appreciate his being on the podcast. Hope you guys all enjoy the show. It's brought to you by our friends at Front Nine Coffee. Check out frontninecoffee.com. Use the promo code TJ10 to save 10% off your entire order. And you can use that promo code over and over again. It's artisan, specially roasted when you order it coffee from a small business right here in Augusta, Georgia that love coffee and they love golfers. And you can support a great small business right here in our local hometown. They'll ship anywhere in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, So you order it fresh. They roast it. Then they deliver it to you, so you're going to get it fresh. It's going to smell delicious, and you can also check out me and Pat's custom flavors. All right, that should be it for now. Enjoy Chris Goddard. All right, Golf Addicts, DB here. I'm proud to uh, bring another banging guest with us today, Mr. Chris Goddard. You guys know Chris. He's the new, young, hot bomber on the PGA Tour, making everybody feel like absolute because we can't hit it, but like 2.30 on a good day in the heat. Firm fairways. Chris, thanks for joining the Tour Junkies podcast. We appreciate it, buddy. No problem. Thanks for having me on. All right, first question. Uh, you've chosen Kip Henley as your caddy. Are you sure? <laughs> uh, I've gotten that question more than once. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's quite the character, and uh, we're definitely different, which I think is good for, for both me and him. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're good for now. Listen, so we've been doing this since, like, 2015. We, and we were one of the first podcasts to like really interview caddies. And we've interviewed a bunch of caddies since. We love caddies. And Kip was actually one of our very first ones. He may have been the first. I have to go back and check the record. Uh, but I texted Kip, uh, Kip last, last night. And, uh, man, he, he had a lot of good stuff to say about you. Um, but I, I'd like to know, like, he's just such a funny guy. What's, like, some of the best Kip sayings or maybe phrases or one-liners? Have you, heard, have you had a chance to, like, get any of those so far because i'd imagine if i walked around with kip henley there'd be a few things that come out of his mouth that i'd just be like well first of all i'd, I'd never want to say that myself but then i think there's other things that i'd be like man i want to file that away and use that like when i'm with my buddies or something. yeah he's he's definitely like the king of one-liners um <laughs> me being from new jersey like it's he just speaks a different language um <laughs> yeah. everything he says is different the one thing that I'll say, like, if that caught me so off guard is there was one time we had, like, whatever, 210 yards, and he would say two, 2010, or, t- like, he would say it where it was 2 zero, one zero, 
And I was like, uh, he was like 2010 yards. I'm like, uh, what? And he's like, he, he explained this whole story where this guy, you know, he says it wrong. And the way he just says everything is so like, to me, it's so wrong and like, not like it just sounds terrible to me, but it, it makes it, it makes it funny just cause, just cause it's who he is. But, um, yeah, he'll, he'll just he'll just throw out these one-liners. I'll say something, and he'll say something back to me, and I do a double take, and I look right back at him like, "What did you just say?" <laughs> um, I he has so many. I don't even. They just go in one out in your one out yeah. here, the other. So, um, but he he is great. He's got he's got something to say for for everything. Yeah, he does, um, and it, it's it's great entertainment. Quite the uh, quite the active Twitter account too. I'm curious in the Kip Henley. You know, first of all, like, how did you how did you choose Kip Henley? Like, how how did how did that come about? But also in that, I I'm guessing I don't know this for a fact, but I'm guessing that Kip at some point looks at the guy who he's about to get in this relationship with and says, "Hey, dude, you just need to know I'm gonna tweet shit, and you may or may not agree with it, and it may draw attention to me, and you some guys like that, some guys don't. I, I would imagine that probably went down." Um, I mean, I kind of knew about it before. So, so my buddy caddied for me all summer, um, and he followed Kip just because. And, uh, and so it's funny. We actually met this summer randomly. We were traveling together from Travelers to John Deere because he was caddying for McGirt, and we flew with McGirt to John Deere. And, uh, and so that's where we met. And then ever since, we kind of just randomly saw each other. And then my buddy and I, we were down after the summer. So he's working now. And, um, so I knew what I was getting myself into. Um, I just kind of let him go do his own thing. Cause I know I'm not going to be able to do anything to control it. So yeah, yeah. I, I just let him go and, uh, let him do what he wants. Yeah. You, you can't put reins on Kip Henley. No. Um, we, we love Kip. He had a lot of good things to say about you. Um, uh, we'll get to that here in just a second, but you know, I, I want to talk about this real quick. I mean, I know a lot of, a lot of our listeners are going to know about you as a golfer. We know, obviously you hit it really far you swing fast you hit it hard all this kind of stuff um but i guess you know what what are some things that you're looking at you know in this early part of your pj tour career still not a full season out there right you've got like 12 events or 13 events logged i think uh but you're doing well i mean you know t7 in puerto rico t4 at the john deere i think you've only missed two cuts of all your pj tour events t43 at southern hills uh for the u.s open what are those things that um that you're you're most like now that you've had some reps out there, you're thinking like, okay, this is where I really have to improve. This is where I got to pick up shot, you know, pick up stroke. Yeah. For me, um, I mean, I have to drive the ball. Well, if I'm driving it well, I'm going to play, I'm going to play well. So that's always, that's always been my MO. Um, and then I always, I'm always working on putting, um, definitely not my strength, but, um, I know that if I can get it going with the putter, I'm going to, I'm going to be fine if I'm driving it fine, but if I can get it going with the putter, that's where it turns into, you know, T7 or yeah. T4 or win. So, um, yeah, I mean, those are the two. And you can never have a good enough short game out there. You watch all these guys with these shots, and yeah, um, you, just try to, you just try to mimic, at least pick up one or two things just playing with these guys. So um, that's definitely the biggest thing. And then for me, it's been tough with – I mean, this summer was nice because I played, you know, whatever – 13 or 12 events kind of all in a row so i got in a nice groove definitely uh, definitely overdid it a little bit but 
Um, and then these last couple have been tricky where I'm sitting at home and then I go play a week and then I go sit at home again and then go play. So it's hard to get in a groove when you're kind of going on off. Um, so that's also the biggest thing, just getting consistent and, um, you know, getting to know myself better as I go through it. So we've talked to a lot of guys about this before, like about, like we know certain players, their first event back from a break, not, not good. And we also yeah. know certain players like their fourth event in a row, fifth event in a row, not good. What What do you feel like early on is maybe the sweet spot for you? All right, if you're enjoying this, please take just a second and leave us a five-star review on Apple and or Spotify. It just takes a couple minutes. Really, it takes less than a couple minutes. A rate and review on Apple Podcasts, five stars, write something nice, is probably one of the best things you can do for the Tour Junkies podcast. It helps us get discovered. It helps us get elevated in the podcast store and other people, other golf junkies find the show. It just takes a second. And if you've done it in the past, if it's been a few months, Apple lets you go and do it again and it refreshes everything. It's a really easy way to say thank you to the tour junkies for the awesome content we are providing. And it costs you just about 90 seconds. And if you're on Spotify, if you listen on Spotify, we'd love to have you do it there too. You can rate and review the podcast on Spotify. Leave a nice comment. It's a great thing to do. Okay, so if you're enjoying the show, take just a second right now. Go ahead and hit the pause button. Okay, cool. Thanks for doing that. Now, look, there you go. You did it. You did something nice. You helped us out. You, you, you know, this is just this is a give and take relationship now. It's not just you taking. You gave a little bit. And that, that really matters, okay? It touches us deep down in our hearts, in our souls. So listen, thank you for doing that, for reviewing and rating the podcast. Now, let's get back to the episode. Enjoy. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, this summer, uh, I learned that four is kind of my, four in a row is my kind of max. Um, And I did way more than four, so uh, I was definitely feeling it. But yeah, I think it's important. I've definitely found that it's important to at least do like, you know, three in a row, just to to get in that kind of tournament groove. And um, you don't really think about anything once you're in the second, third, fourth week, um, unless you're unless your back starts hurting a little bit or, you know, something starts hurting. But yeah. um, it's definitely important to do a certain amount in a row and then take a certain amount of time off. What, so you talked about, you know, it's interesting that you say, like, I got to feel like the driver's working, right? And everyone looks at you and says, like, oh, man, this is the guy's biggest weapon, which obviously it is. But you got to keep the ball in the ballpark. So how, is, I'm assuming that's kind of what you mean is, like, that you're, you're – you're, you're finding the more fairways or you're missing on the proper sides of fairways or your, you know, your, your foul, your foul ball that week is more, you know, five to 10 yards offline, you know, instead of out of bounds. How do you, how do you know that that's, how do you do that? Or can you like, can you see that coming? Can you see it coming when, you know, maybe you go from a point where you're not hitting it as you're not hitting as many fairways as you want, but you kind of feel it coming. How does that work? Yeah, for me, I'm kind of always like, I'm always teetering from, you know, I, I usually like playing a fade, but if it starts to get too much, too open, I kind of start drinking it, bringing it back. And there's, you know, there's the spots where I kind of go to too much fade where everything gets a little bit off. And then when I start bringing it back, I go kind of too much the other way. Mm. Um, and then you can kind of tell that's when it gets off. So um, for me, I'm just trying to keep it in the sweet spot of, you know, nice small fade as much as I can. and. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of just one of those things where I know that if I can keep that as a strength um, and work on that a lot, 
uh, it'll be, it'll be huge for me, but, um, there's obviously, yeah, I mean, you can never, you can never not work on anything enough, but, um, it's more just kind of the same thing I was talking about. If you're playing three weeks in a row, you kind of get in the groove of, you know, the feeling that you, that you like with, you know, how you're swinging it or whatever. Um, and that's kind of just how I, how, how I go about it. If I have a good feeling or a good groove going that week, I'll just try to ride that out and keep that going as long as I can. Yeah. So you talked about the putting thing and you know, we're golf nerds. We look at data, we look at all kind of stuff with putting, putting splits on its fast green, slow speed or slow greens. Bermuda, Bent, Poa, all the above. For you, I would imagine New Jersey guy. Are, are you? Do you find yourself more comfortable? I mean, by the way, I was look, also looking at this. Of your twelve events, I think you gained strokes putting in like two thirds of them. I mean, you know, you didn't have like a Denny McCarthy week where you gained like six, but you were gaining strokes. You were positive, which is a lot better than you know notorious, really good ball strikers who really struggle on the putting surfaces. Is there a is there a putting surface or style? that you feel more comfortable on and which one do you feel least comfortable on? Um, I don't know. Part of the reason why I went to Oklahoma was to play on Bermuda and play on different grass. Yep. So I got used to playing on Bermuda and bent and different types of bent. Like up here, it's, it's not the same bent as down there. Um, it's definitely a way firmer and like trickier bent up here. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know if I have an answer to that. It's more, honestly, I think it, it has more to do with, you know, the irons and like chipping and stuff. That's where it gets more tricky for me. Um, putting it, it, unless it's super grainy or super like different, it, it's really not all that dissimilar. It's, it's more chipping and um, stuff like that where it gets way trickier and chipping out of Bermuda rough or normal rough for me. It's, it, that's where I find the biggest difference. Yep. Yep. So, what are some courses like you look at, you look ahead to your PGA tour schedule. Uh, it obviously could be courses you've already played, but also those you, you haven't played yet. What are the ones you look at and kind of, you know, you circle and go, yeah, this spot is great for me. I can't wait to, can't wait to get up here. Yeah. I mean, um, travelers and John Deere were both, you know, if I had to pick golf courses, those would be two. I mean, John Deere, you could hit driver on every hole, but like two of them, mm-hmm. which is, which is right up my alley. Cause for me, I don't like, I don't like bouncing back and forth where I have to hit a lot of two irons and then yeah. a lot of drivers. And it kind of just throws, throws off, you know, the same thing, the groove I was talking about before. Uh, so I think Tory Pines would fall into that category um, where it's just kind of drivers everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I've heard waste management is good for that too. Um, and honestly, I, I don't even I don't even know the schedule that much. Um, I haven't really looked at it at all. But uh, yeah, I mean, it looks from what I know and what I watch, like the Tournament of Champions course looks like driver central everywhere. Yep. Um, so the, the, that style of just you know getting in the groove with the driver and where you can hit it you know twelve times around is is kind of where where I like to be at. So obviously I'd imagine courses where it takes driver out of your hand or courses where because of the the layout or because of, of hazards or whatever, like it it kind of forces everybody to hit to those same spots. You probably aren't a huge fan of those. Um what what are courses like that, like a shorter course or one of those courses where, you know, everybody's hitting it to the same spot. What do those courses do to a guy like like you, other than like get you out of the 
I guess the rhythm or or what the the vibe of you hitting a driver every everywhere you go. I mean, obviously you could hit a two iron probably two eighty or, or, or something if you wanted to. So what is it really? Do you feel like your 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 just your greatest weapon is kind of taken out of your hands a little bit there? Yeah, for sure. Um, it just changes how you approach it mentally. Um, I feel like I'm playing safe and kind of scared when I do that but it's kind of how you have to play when you're playing those type of courses. Yeah. So for me, um, and that's where it goes back to, you know, I worked a lot on my wedge game and, you know, short iron game um, in school the last couple of years. So I feel better playing those courses. Like Q school was, I hit, two, I hit maybe four or five drivers for 72 holes. So um, it's just, it's, it's different golf. Like, I don't feel like I'm playing the same type of golf. It's not my favorite, but I've learned to, you know, college golf, a lot of those courses are like that too. And um, you kind of learn to do it. It, it wouldn't be my favorite style, but yeah. um, you, can't, you can't say no. So Now, now Jason, Jason Birnbaum's still your coach, right? Yeah. Okay, good. So you still got Jason, who's been, I know he's been coaching you for a long time. Um, have you, have you, uh, so I think it's the PGA, is it the PGA championship next year? Is it Oak Hill? Any, any familiarity with Oak Hill? I've never been there, but I've heard it's special. Okay. All right. We'll be looking out for you there. Um, a couple more golf questions that we're just going to start. We're going to get weird. Um, you shot a nine under on TPC Scottsdale's bad little nine, Bob Parsons spot. I know you talked about it on the golf subpar podcast. My question is, what makes that that little par three course? What actually makes it really hard? What what do they actually do to it that makes it so hard? Well, I will say a bit of an asterisk on my minus nine. <laughs> what are you uh, juicing? <laughs> the greens were they were like just off of getting not oh, yeah. they were potable, but like they're aerated, so um, it takes a little bit of the sting out of it. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's. It's hard because the greens are all sides of the table and uh, or where they put the pin. So if you don't hit the table spot, if you have you know an impossible chip or you have a fifty foot putt up over like six ridges. So it's it's kind of just it's more fun than anything. But we were playing one day. We were playing like a three v three v three or something like that. And um, I forget who's on my team, but we, me and my teammate both made hole in ones in the same hole, and we Stop. took like a. We took like a six shot lead. Um, what? So that also that also helped, but um, yeah, it's it's just an awesome spot. Okay, now I, I forgive me for not knowing this exactly, but I, were you twenty one when you did that? And what was the drinking situation after that? Well, I don't count it as a whole one since it's like you're hitting you're hitting nine fifty two degree wedges uh, all to like dude, all that, that's a whole one. So like, uh you're hitting yeah. 52 degree it's, wedges everyone else is hitting seven irons eight irons uh all the holes are like oh, all the holes really are short? 80 to 120 yards oh really man I yeah just that's what that's why it's fun what is there because i think it was rumored it did, wasn't it didn't it used to be a rule like if you broke par there bob parsons would give you like thousand dollars wasn't that they have so they have like i think it's every friday they put like the pins in the hardest possible spot okay. on every hole and that's when they do that but Okay. Uh, that wasn't the case for me, but. Okay. So a little bit of an asterisk. Still impressive. Yeah, um, asterisk for sure. All right. So we got a lot of people, you know, a lot of tour junkies listeners, man. They're, they're in their 20s and 30s and 40s. 
Uh, and a lot of them are out of shape because these jokers, whenever they buy our merch, we have to order a bunch of damn XLs, two XLs, because, you know, they're just out of shape. But they're trying to play golf. They're trying to get better. They're trying to hit it further. Like, practically, okay, put your, put your coaching hat on, all right? Be, be, be Jason for a second. Practically, how do I get these people to hit it a little further? Practically. What could they do? They're not professionals. They're your weekend warriors. They're uh, 20, 30, 40s. They just want to hit a little, a little further. I mean, the first thing I would say is um, kind of forget about all like the, you know, keep your head down BS. Like the, that stuff doesn't really work um, in any aspect, really. So I think you, if you can get rid of like, you know, all these mental blocks that you hear on certain little swing tips, if you can just free up as best you can and, take as big of a turn and and get comfortable i think the biggest thing is also getting comfortable hitting it hard like if you swing soft all the time you're probably not gonna be able to hit it hard and it go well so if you can if you can learn to hit it hard just like being comfortable swinging hard that's where you're gonna pick up speed sure now i saw i saw something where um you talked about how with the driver like you grip it you grip it pretty firm but you feel like your arms are loose Tell, explain that kind of feeling to me because I, you know, a lot of times another thing you hear is like, have, have the grip pressure a little lighter, not, not like, you know, wobbling around in there, but like, you don't want to choke the golf club to death, but how do you do that? How do you squeeze it firmer, but also have like that loose arm feel? For me, I play with really small grips, so I'm able to like wrap my hands over the club. So that's kind of where that feeling comes from. So I don't, I'm gripping it hard just because my hands like control the club really well with mm -hmm. how small my grip is. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, I, I feel like it's really tight in my hands, but it's, it's, I'm not gripping it. I'm gripping it hard, but like, yeah. I'm not strangling the thing. It's just kind of a, a firmer feeling. And then my arms just get in a comfortable spot because my hands are, you know, wrapped around the club the way they are. Okay, so let me ask you about something. So the world golf ranking stuff has been a hot topic lately. You obviously have got all the live stuff going on. What, what do you think about, like, as just a guy playing professionally just getting into this, what do you think about this world golf ranking stuff? Do you think the system makes sense as far as you know? Um, do you feel like, you know, people have reasons to think that changes should be coming? Um, what are your thoughts on it? Um, from what I know, which is not a whole lot about it, um, I, we were in the workout truck last week and the, you know, Ron was talking about, um, his complaining about like how their rankings were higher at RSM and, um, you know, then the DP world championship, but some guys said some good points. Like they were talking about, um, you know, well, I don't know how, how many people were in the DP championship, like 40 or 50, yeah. something like yep. that. So you think about there's a hundred and change more people playing in the RSM. Um, and I mean, my buddy Cole was leading after, you know, first two rounds and um, he hadn't really, he'd made like his first cut the week before. So you think about the strength of field in the RSM, like some guy comes in, gets a sponsor exemption and is leading. And then you have, you know, the same old guys in DP world for that are going to be up there every week. Not that I'm not the DP's bad, but like I think there's points to both. Like obviously the best player in the world, best players in the world, like 
wherever they're playing, their points should be there. But I think there's also a fair argument for the more players and the more like deeper the fields are, whether you know their name or not, doesn't mean that they yeah. they shouldn't get like you know um, point value as well. Yeah, the the field size definitely matters. What what are your thoughts on the whole live golf thing? The whole what do you think is going to happen? How's it going to turn out? Um, do you have any friends that are playing on live golf? You got a couple Sooners or one, at least one Sooner on live, I think. Yeah, Abe's playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you may have heard us talk about the Nut Hut. You're like, what is the Nut Hut? Well, the Nut Hut is our private Discord server. If you're like, what is Discord? Well, it's kind of like a, a messenger application, like Slack or something like that, but it's way cooler okay and our private discord server is where a community of golf loving just golf junkies and addicts gather every single day 24 7 there's somebody in there chatting it up we've got uh approaching a thousand members in the nut hut and it's people who love to bet on golf who love to watch golf who love to play golf who love to play dfs and it's where all of our inside information goes if we have a caddy if we get caddy information, if we're on site that week as media or we have somebody with us as media, uh, all the inside information from the golf course goes into the Nut Hut and is shared with Nut Hut members. We have a weekly uh, input from Caddy John, who spent 12 years on the PJ Tours of Caddy. He gives us all kind of intel on the golf course and other things that he knows and finds. It's where we do our Wednesday night live chat every single week before the tournament starts on a Thursday. Me and Pat, uh, our friend Ben Little, other members of the Nut Hut community get in and do a live Wednesday night chat. We have drinks. We talk about what we're doing. We talk about lineups. We talk about betting. We talk about strategy. Whatever it is, we talk about it, and the Nut Hut is the place to be on Wednesday night. Now, if you're thinking, hey, it's, it's football season. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Whenever you're hearing this. It doesn't matter. We have every sport imaginable. If you can play DraftKings on it, if you can bet on it, if you can gamble on it in any way, it's in the Nut Hut. We got people talking about it all the time. Every sport, we've got experts, we've got listeners that are great in every single sport available. Since June of 2020, NutHut members have won a verified $6 million in daily fantasy and betting. It's amazing. We got a ton of sharp people in there, ton of sharp minds in there playing DFS and betting on sports. The NutHut's where it's at. Plus, it's just a great community. We've we've grown to make a lot of friends, internet friends there in the NutHut, and it's just a great time. So we encourage you to stop by, give it a look. The description and the link to get in the Nut Hut is below. Check it out. You can cancel it anytime. No questions asked. Give it a shot. Try it out. We bet you like it. Oh, yeah. Plus, you get 20% off all your tourjunkies.com slash shop merchandise purchases. I promise you, you'll make your money back. Check out the Nut Hut. Description below. Let's get back to the podcast. And then I played with James Pyatt in college a lot, so... Um, I walked I don't know. with him. I, I, think, uh, I walked with him at a practice round in Miami. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, nice kid. Yeah, I think the live thing's interesting. Like, I think that they all. I mean, from what I know and from what I've heard, like everyone that signed with Live knew what they were signing up for, mm-hmm. and now that they feel like they have like a stance or a ground to stand on with some really high players over there, they feel like they can earn like some of those points back. But um, if I if I know what I know, like I don't think unless something happens where there's a like collaboration of some sort, like I don't think anything's gonna change. You don't think you don't think anything's gonna change, even if like Greg Norman was out. Uh, I mean, I think maybe not. The stance that the tour took on um, on it last year, I don't. I, like if they 
fall back on like that unless there's like collaboration like Rory's been saying. Like, yeah, I just don't see how they can just flip back on their word and and you know, I, I don't know. I there's it's so like it's so up in the air and now that like they kind of lost. Like, I mean, there was some serious steam. Uh, now that they're not really playing much, I don't think like anything's going to get done unless something something happens. That's crazy. All right, I want to do. I want to. I want to have some fun with you here, uh, Chris. Some of this will be golf related. Some of it won't be. Um, we call it the native area. It's just because you hit it in the native area, you don't know what you're going to get. Could be a great lie. Could be a bad lie. Could be in the rough. Could be in the mulch. Could be in the pine straw. Could be in the desert. You don't know. Um, the first question actually comes from my my son. I have a 12 year old who's a big golf nut, and um, he. I asked him. I said, you know, I was telling him about you and uh telling him about how far you hit it and all that stuff he was amazed and then he said i don't know why this is related but then he says well then i want to know has he ever raged on the golf course has he ever gotten really pissed and uh and and had a rage monster fit probably like the guys on dude perfect do that's what collins my son collins wants to know um i've never like broken clubs or you know like slammed my bag or anything like I'm good for a nice f bomb after a bad shot. Uh, you know, like 15 seconds of, you know, push myself <laughs> out and then and then bring it back to reality. So yeah, uh, I wouldn't say there's been a massive like full on meltdown, but um, I'm good for I'm good for like a quick you know f you and then and then go. Well, one of the things that Kip Henley texted me last last night was, dude, this kid's head on his shoulders is super level. And he stays very calm, and he doesn't get up or too high or too you know too low, um, which is a great asset out there on the PJ tour. I think we've seen guys do that uh, and and do quite well. So that that makes sense to me. Speaking of breaking clubs, though, now I do ask this of everyone, even though I'm sh- I'm sure you probably haven't had too many opportunities for this experience, but um, a guy on the tour that that has broken clubs. In fact, one of them is behind me. Uh, you can't see it, but it's behind me. I have a I have the top half of his putter. Uh, and he's also our very favorite folklore player on the PGA Tour, and it's Siwoo Kim. Chris, have you had a chance to have any interactions with Siwoo Kim? Um, I've played in front of him one time, okay. but I've heard some some pretty epic stories. You have? Uh, okay. We try, like, to, we try to get Siwoo Kim's stories on this show. We, we've gotten a lot. Matt Naismith dropped like five on us a, uh, a couple months ago. They were amazing. What's, what Siwoo Kim stories have you heard? Well, in Vegas, so there was a playoff baseball game. Um, I want to say it was like Mariners. It was Mariners someone, and they were up like 9-1. I forget who they were playing. Um, and I guess he had, I think the Mariners were up, and I guess before the game he had some stupid number on their money line, and they ended up losing like 10-9 in overtime. And the next day, like all the caddies were dying laughing, and and because like I I've never talked to him, but I think his English is pretty broken. Yeah. So it's it's, it's just funny, like a guy like that, um, <laughs> you know, having like such a brutal bad beat on a baseball game is pretty funny. Dude, I freaking love that so much. Listen, uh, here's what I tell all the young guys that don't have a lot of interactions with him: is like try to try to make something happen. Okay, we we've heard so many stories about that guy. I think if you, you know, if you, even if it's just like hit balls next to him on the range or find yourself in a practice round with him, or if you do get paired up with him, like just pay attention to some of the stuff he says and does because he is straight up electric all the time. Yeah. So, um, and, and when you do have an interaction, like 
email us or DM me and let me know. I would, I would love to hear the stories. We're trying right. to we're trying to gather a library of Siwoo Kim stories. Um, for I know everybody. there's some I know there's some other good ones out there, but yeah. uh, he's he's quite the character from what I heard. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, I think I've heard you say this. Like you're not a super like golf nerd. You know, I mean, you like golf, but you're not consumed with it. So you've got a completely free day to do whatever Chris Goddard wants to do. What are you doing? Uh, well, I hope it's in the summer because there's not much to do right now at home. Um, I mean, if it's summertime, we'll go, uh, me and my buddy, we'll probably play golf in the morning or hang out in the morning, do something. Um, and then we'll go to the beach, hang out. Uh, we live like three, four minutes from the beach over here. So, um, we'll go down there hang out and maybe go play like nine holes in the afternoon and then go out at night somewhere down, down by our house. So. Um, if I had a week, if I had a day off and the next day off, that's what that's what I would do. So, so it still involves twenty-seven holes of golf, is what I figured. Well, it depends. It, it depends on probably not twenty-seven. We'll play eighteen, you know, at four o'clock at night, and okay. and go hang out or do something. But um, it, it involves golf, but um, different version. Gotcha. So one, one of the other things Kip Henley texted me is he goes. Dude, he's not from the country, but he's like country ass strong. Is kind of how we would say it. And so he's like, so. So I, my question is, have you ever been in a fist fight? Um. Yeah, but like in high school and you know dumb stuff, but uh, okay. not many. So. So based on what Kip says, like if you had to think about it, who's the tour player that you would least like? to get in the octagon if you had to fight him, like MMA style? Um, Gary Woodland's kind of scary. Woodland? He's, he's a big dude. He's built like a truck. Real swaggy, too. Walks like he's just, yeah. you know. King. He definitely knows some stuff. Like, yeah. There's sense. definitely some guys that know some stuff that could, like, uh-huh. you know, break something out on you and, and it wouldn't feel good. What if it's Siwoo? Like, we don't even know that, but what, what if Siwoo's just... He's pretty... He's, He's not small. He's no, he's not, not small. small. He's, he's kind of yeah. Got some muscle. Um, you've probably been asked this before, but it's it's you know a lot of listeners like to hear stuff like this. You know, you cash a big check at the John Deere, like three hundred thousand dollars. Something. What's something fun you did with it? Like what what happened after you you get the deposit? Um. Well, I went home, and uh, it was Fourth of July the next day. Nice. So I went out with like kind of my friends, and we went on a you know, all day. Drinks on me. Yeah, Bender. Yeah. All day down the shore. So um, that's how I spent the next day. I, I regret doing it because I felt terrible during <laughs> Barbersaw, but um, I wasn't planning on playing Barbersaw at all. And then I got in, so I had to play, but I was like, I need to go home and decompress for two days. But I didn't really decompress. So <laughs> um, it was fun, though. I, I had a good time. That's good. What about the dumbest way you've ever injured yourself or hurt yourself? Or maybe uh, you have. I, well, I've I've broken a couple bones, but um, there was I was playing a tournament in high school. It was some like AJGA. I I don't play in many of them, but I played in one. And it was like the second round. There was, and then we had one more the next day. And I went over to my buddy's house at night, and we were playing like you know, two-on-two basketball, and I fell and, like, 
did something to my forearm, either broke it or like something got jacked up. And I, and I didn't tell my dad until, um, the next morning when we were about to go. And I was like, I can't go. And he's like, well, we have to go over to the club and hit balls to see if you can play. And I'm like, my arm was a disaster. <laughs> and we went over and I could barely hit it like 10 yards. And he, and he was so pissed at me. Um, cause I didn't tell him. And, uh, and that I went and played two on two basketball before the last round of the tournament. So that was a good one. Um, I've got some other, there's not injuries, but some, some bad, uh, stuff during a tournament. I've learned my, learned my lesson. Well, what is it? You got to tell us. What do you mean? Well, uh, back in high school too, we had this tournament, the Liberty national junior. It was, I don't know if it still exists. Um, and also our prom was during it and after prom. So I played in the tournament, went to all that stuff, and then had the last round the next day. And I actually played with Patrick Welch, who plays left-hand low on Oklahoma. And yep. I didn't know who he was before. And I was pretty uh, banged up the next day. <laughs> and um, I didn't like I didn't know that he played left-hand low or anything. So I was like, I, I didn't know what was going on on the course and I was in rough shape and I, it was the craziest, craziest round ever. My dad had to drive me to the course. Um, and he, and I was like eight over through eight holes and he walked in and I had to play the last 10 and I shot like whatever I shot 80 something. So that was another rough one. No injury, but, uh, was not feeling good. You know, you're in high school. You gotta live your life, man. You only got one, one prom. It is, yeah, you know, that was my argument. Look at you like, now. Play. He was like, You're going to play in the tournament too. And I was like, All right, it's not going to be good. <laughs> I'll play, but it's not going to be pretty. Um, yeah. Hey, Chris, could you like change the screen or get uh, sit up? Yep. There you go. Um, you're like disappearing on me. Yeah, all right. Um, all right. Now, listen, we don't talk to a whole lot of like single guys because it seems like everybody we talk to gets real cuffed up quick on the tour. You're a single dude. You're on the PGA Tour. Have you ever hit on a girl during a golf tournament? Have you ever picked up a chick on the on the course? Uh, no, we, we I, can, I mean, there's there's obviously stuff going on. You know, Kip will say something to someone, but um, they're in. I mean, some of the events there's always something going on, but I'm always so tired after like <laughs> the rounds take so much out of you, like especially in the big ones when there's a crap ton of people out there, like U.S. Open. There's so many people. I I usually always, if I have a big one, I have friends with me or like, yeah. you know, people from home that come up and hang out or whatever. But, um, I'm not really, when I'm, when I'm in, you know, tournament mode, I'm not really, you know, on the, on the pro. Okay, Chris. Okay. I'll have to text Kip and be like, Kip, give me the scoop. Oh, he'll, he'll confirm. Uh, he's, what, he's more about it than I am. Who's like the hot, in your opinion, like who's the hottest golf influencer or golf person out there? Um, I honestly don't like, I don't, this is the stuff that I don't like. I don't follow all this stuff, but I know because my one friend always says it, always sends it in our group chat or whatever. <laughs> like the, I don't know how to say her last name, Paige, whatever. Paige Brannick. Yeah. He always sends like her stuff and it's like, you know, whatever sends funny text. But, um, yeah, she's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. If you could, if you could punch any celebrity, we're very violent on the Tour Junkies podcast. If you could punch any celebrity or public figure in the face without any consequence, just one good right hook or I get maybe left hook, probably right hook, 
from Chris Goddard, who would that be? Well, I don't know if I hold on. You cut out. I'm not like in the loop with like all like the. I don't know. I don't have any like. I don't watch the news or I don't watch anything like. So I don't. I don't really hate anyone. Like maybe if I have like fancy football and you know some guy drops thirty five on me and I lose the match, match that'll be my guy. But um, I don't have like a. I couldn't pick you one guy and say, you know, I want him, I want him dead. That's funny, dude. So you're, so you're, I was, that's actually another question I was going to get to is I was going to ask you fantasy sports or like traditional sports betting. If you're in a legal betting state, obviously not golf. We know you can't bet on golf, but football. So are you more of a fantasy guy or do you like both? Uh, I have both. We, we have, I have a pretty big fantasy group with, you know, some old college guys and stuff like that and, uh, and some local friends. So we're, we're pretty in tune with that. And, um, so yeah, that's that like, you know, either ride, ride or die Sundays where your, your next week's going to be pretty good or, or not good. So, yeah. And then obviously we have, you know, things legal here. So we, yeah. we all are betting and stuff like that. And just, it makes the game more fun to watch. And, yeah. um, I don't really have like a favorite team in some sports, so it just makes it like when there's nothing to do on you know Wednesday night here and it's dark at four thirty. It makes you know NBA or something more fun. But it's it's funny to me that you said that would that that you would punch a you know that that your best answer to that question is a guy who screws up for your fantasy team and and you know you're obviously going to be priced in DraftKings every single week or on FanDuel. Guys are going to have you on their teams. People are going to bet on you. And you're probably going to hear it from if you haven't already, and you probably have, yeah. uh, which we yeah. do not endorse. We hate that. We we don't want people, you know, barking at you guys for their ten dollar lineup or whatever. It doesn't matter what size lineup they're doing or or bet they're making. You guys are out there making a living. But that's, I mean, I, I'm sure I'm sure you see the irony there. That's pretty funny. What would you What would yeah. you say if somebody's like barking at you? Like, come on, Goddard. Uh, I've had I've had people. You have? Yeah, because I think I was like the betting favorite for Barbasol. Yep. Uh, I missed the cut, so like I had a bunch of people, you know, just commenting <laughs> on stuff. Um, but it's pretty funny because it doesn't bother me because my friends they'll bet on me too. Like yeah, what I do. So um, are they texting? Are they texting you? Do they do DraftKings golf at all? Like Chris, you're they do they do that, but they also do all the other yeah. stuff too. So I mean. I'll hear it from them more than anyone. Like they'll be like, "Dude, what the hell was that round today?" Like, and they don't—they they play golf, but not like, yeah, not you know the same. But yeah, so it's funny. It's more funny for me, like, because I don't care if I lose. Someone's like, I right. mean, I'd like to make people money, but it doesn't right. change my day if this I don't. Your job, so. yeah, yeah, that's funny. Um, all right, real quick, I'm gonna give you a few this or that, either ors. You just got you got to pick one. You can't not pick one. You have to pick one, and then we're gonna be out of here. You ready? Yeah. All right. You got it. You got it. One of these for the rest of your life. One. These are both permanent. Either number one, you have to get a tramp stamp tattoo, like a real tramp stamp, right, right above your ass crack, like a girl, or you have to hit it like Chez Reeve for the rest of your life. You lose all. You lose your Samson oh. strength power. Which one you I'm get? Taking, I'm taking Chez Reeve all day. You'd rather do that than the tra- than the tramp stamp? I played with him and he shot the easiest five six hundred I've ever seen. So <laughs> Dude, I'll take that. Uh, hell no! I would t- tramp stamp me in a heartbeat if I could just oh, keep he, hitting it he like hits you. Every, he hits every fairway, every green. 
it's the easiest easiest job ever. I can't believe that's what you said. I was confident you were going to be like, oh, oh that was that was too easy. Uh, liquor or beer? Uh, liquor. What What do you like? Uh, tequila or vodka. Same. Something Something clear. Same. Me and you, man. That's my move. All right, Krispy Kreme or Dunkin'? They don't really have much Krispy Kreme here, so Dunkin'. Krispy Kreme is where it's at. Yeah, I, I know it is, but they yeah, don't have don't it have either, that so I have to go with Dunkin'. LeBron or MJ? Uh, MJ. Yeah. All right, this is a weird question. Again, for the rest of your life, this is how it is. You either have to, you're either going to putt it like Luke List for the rest of your life, or you're going to be completely hairless. Not a hair on your body, your head, your eyebrows, no hair anywhere for the rest of your life. Or you put it like Luke Lewis. Um, I'll take Luke Lewis because I've played with him. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's not that. It's, it's, Statistically, he, it's terrible. I just, just so you Yeah, know. but like watching in person, it's not. It's not it's as bad. It's not like, I mean, when I played with like, when I played with Chaz and I played with Luke, like Luke shot seven under and it was like the easiest round I've ever seen in my life. So uh, it can't be all bad, um, and it's better than uh, it's better than having no hair. <laughs> okay, I told you this is gonna be weird, man. Um, Dave Chappelle or Bill Burr? That's a tough one. I like them both. Uh, I think Chappelle, but I, I don't know. They're both good. Yeah. That's a good one. I, I, actually, I'm going to go with Bill Burr. I like, I like the way he says stuff. Like, his accent makes it funny. Okay. His, his, his accent is funny. Um, better buzzed or sober? Like, um, better golf. I'm terrible at golf when I drink. Me too. Me too. Uh, blondes or brunettes? Uh, brunette. I think he's a blonde guy. NFL or college football? I, college football is better to watch. Yeah, but it's hard to pick, like, because fantasy. Like, yeah. if I have stuff riding on that, like, I love the NFL. But like, if college football is on, if there's a good game, like, it's way better to watch. Yeah, go dogs! By the way, um, podcasts or music? I know you're a big EDM guy. I'm a big music guy. Yeah. Um, it depends. Like, if I'm driving over, like you know, an hour or something, I'll put on a podcast or something, but um, if not, I, I'm music all the way. What podcast do you like to listen to? I listen to uh, Two Bears, One Cave with Bert Kreischer and Segura. Nice. They're, they're pretty entertaining. So okay. that's, my, that's my go-to. Are you, are you by chance a Theo Vaughn fan? I know of him. I don't oh, okay. really like his stuff, but yeah. Like some of his clips pop up and that's pretty fun. Yeah, he's hilarious. Um, uh, beach or the mountains? Beach. Sounds like you're a beach guy. Would you? Uh, you may have done one of these things, or would you rather skydiving or bungee jump? Well, I'd rather do. I'd rather do neither. <laughs> I, I'm not a big heights guy. Not a heights guy. Yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah, I think I would. I think if I had to pick one, I'd rather skydive because bungee jumping would not, not so well. That's scary. Yeah. Uh, all right. Would you rather watch like a horror or suspense drama movie or a comedy? Comedy. Yeah. Cook it yourself or go out and get it. 
Um, probably go out and get it because I'm not like not a cook. Yeah, you know. I, I can cook, but not yeah. not great. Uh, video games or just like a movie or a show? Vegetation session. Uh, video games probably. What do you like to play? Uh, I play Call of Duty and, and NHL with my. You get into some of those uh, Call of Duty games on the road. I know there's a few. I know there's a. I know the Goggert boys love to play Call of Duty on the road. The caddies. I brought I brought it this summer, but I never even never even got to it. So um, I would like to, but I just like like before. I'm so like I watch like a TV show and I'm out cold. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Puts you sleep. Um, Chris, listen, dude. This was a lot of fun. We appreciate uh, appreciate the time. Definitely looking forward to watching you play a full season on the PGA Tour. Uh, hopefully get in some majors you know we're in augusta so if you find yourself qualifying for the masters i'd love to see you in person down here in augusta and uh, i think that'd probably be a, a good course for you um but yeah we appreciate you coming on the tour junkies podcast no problem appreciate it